0: everybody welcome to improv faq at length this is a series of longer conversations about improv topics that have lots of questions surrounding them i'm james quesada i'm bob wick and we have our good friend as a guest with us doug Kolbex. how's Yay. it going Doug?
1: hi here i am good bob and to I- see you <laughs> buddy <laughs> thanks you too. thanks we- for having me
0: yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. We're, we're going to uh, talk to you about dark humor is going to be the topic that we at least lead with, um, and we'll see where it takes us. But, um, yeah, we, uh, Bob and I thought this would be a, a good topic of conversation with you um, because, yeah, I think you have sensibilities that are kind of, I don't know, would you would you call them dark or cynical? What is it? Like, how do you kind of?
1: I think so. I think that um, I think I've got like a uh, – like a mean brain, you know, like a, uh, <laughs> like, a, like sort of a, I don't know. I always think that I like, um, as a person have a good heart, but a mean brain. So like, uh, my intentions are always good. I wouldn't do anything to hurt anybody, but I think a lot of bad stuff, you know? Yeah. I like, yeah, say yeah. a lot of things that yeah. might like offend, but I don't like, I just think that, I just think it's funny. That's why I think it's funny, you know?
0: So mean brain Doug.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But it makes sense because Doug's the kind of guy who will let uh, <laughs> a bunch of wasps live in on his front porch until they migrate and then take care of the yeah. problem rather than, you know, do what most of us
1: would do and kill them all. Uh, yeah. That, but when you that do actually, get on stage, huh? That actually really happened last summer. Did I tell you about yes. that? Oh, yes. yeah. 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 I had like a wasp <laughs> nest. On my porch, uh, and I didn't want to spray because I didn't want to kill them. Um, I felt bad like killing them, like they're just living their life in my porch. And I was stung by one at least, um, and I waited for the summer to be done before I like patched up the hole. So now I don't have wasps, but I like dealt with it for a year. And so did the mailman, and so did the Amazon delivery guy, and anyone who came to my porch. But so, yeah.
0: and, and, and that is a great story, and, and I think a great representation of who you. Truly are Doug, and and I think that it, it is interesting. I think it maybe it makes me wonder, like, if the dark humor um, is sometimes related to things that like are opposite of your uh, true nature, or just kind of like entertaining things that are, um, uh, you know, just like extreme indulgences in imagination that are uh, deviations from your personality or, or your real life habits, you know what I mean? It's like video games yeah. and, and, and mo- violence in video games and movies it feels the same thing.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably like, uh, that's kind of what I mean of w- with like the difference between like head and heart in that regard is like, you know, you live your life from your heart, you know, that's, that's how you treat other people, that's how you are with other people, uh, but your brain is free to like what it wants or say what it wants or do what it wants. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily, I don't know. I, I, I think like if, uh, to like equate, if we wanted to equate this to like improv and like, um, dark humor and that kind of stuff, I think like, uh, making a joke that's about, um, uh, I don't know if you make a joke about like some deadly disaster in the history, you know, like, uh, that's a dark joke that's something that's like a thought thing because you're like playing on this experience that happened long ago but if you if you make something that's like a joke um that's like if it's like a racist joke or something uh a lot of people like uh, make the mistake that that's some kind of dark humor but it's not like uh racism is like a hateful thing so that's something that comes from like a hateful heart so if you're making like slurs and stuff that's coming from somewhere else do you know what i mean yeah, um, yeah. and Absolutely. i think there's like I think there's sort of that like divide. That's like the line uh, between um, you know dark humor that that uh, is is maybe edgy but you know appropriate and dark humor that's not even humor at all. It's just kind of like a hateful spew. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think we kind no, of no, see that. In no,
2: because and there are some people who like. Well, you know, it, it's it's funny because I'm making fun of it. Uh, the the Archie Bunker type deal. Yeah. Not realizing the funny there was, he was actually making fun of how ridiculous
1: it is to be Archie Bunker. That's what yeah, Carol Connors. Yeah, is doing. that show he makes wasn't... fun of that type of person. It doesn't make fun of like the people that are you know that the, the yeah. jokes are, are the butt of the joke or whatever.
0: So I'm wondering, Doug, in in, in that like uh, line between where it's coming from, um, maybe. A good way to talk about it is through like teaching, because you're you're a teacher and a coach and a director, um, and improv is is a especially interesting uh, a, a backdrop or context for dark humor because you don't have a script. People are kind of in classes, free to say whatever they want, and it's going to yeah. happen here and there. So, how do you kind of like guide people for what's okay and what's not in those settings?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Like everything, the difference between like improv and sketch or improv and some kind of like scripted thing is that everything you say is coming from you, you know, whether it's like we're playing other characters and we're, uh, we're purposely like acting from other perspectives, but everything you say is still coming from you. You're writing it as, as you go. You can't fall back on like, that's what the words were or whatever. Um, and I do, uh, go
2: ahead. oh, Oh, plus like another difference is every like in a, in a sketch scene, the other performers know what they're getting into. Yeah.
0: So that's something oh, that's that a great
2: people, point. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. yeah. if you all decide to do dark humor together and it's like written out and it's like something you put thought into, or, you know, if you want to do something edgy, that's cool. We all know, we all accepted this and we're all on stage compared to, you know, I, and I've seen it in student shows where someone, you know, goes off the rail and tries to be funny in that, yeah. you know, in that, that, they think it's risky. It's just, you know, know, I don't know what to call. I don't want to call them racist because it's not always racist, but it's, it's toting that line. And then the other person's super uncomfortable because that is something that's, you know, subject matter content. They didn't want to even approach, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. And, and like, that's a, uh, kind of a funny point too, because like one thing I like about like going into like dark and edgy areas is kind of like it, I kind of like to sort of mess with my scene partner a little bit in that way. Like, I kind of like to like, you know, knock them a little. It's like kind of a a fun thing for me, which is maybe not the most supportive thing as an improviser, but like, um, I think like with that regard, um, the the issue with like a class show is if you're in a class show, it may be your fourth or fifth class with these people, but I don't think you've established that level of trust quite yet. To kind of knock them in that way, like I feel like um, if I was on stage with you, Bob, like we've done hundreds of shows together at this yeah. point, like maybe I'm, I don't know if it's hundreds, but we've done many, many that shows feels together, like it. <laughs> and I and I trust you, and you trust me, and I would feel Absolutely. comfortable knocking you in that way because I know you know how you could play with it. But I think if you're in a class show huh. situation, sometimes it's a little harder uh, because yeah. you might not know those people, especially if it's like an intro one, intro two, intro three. Yes. There's no way that you can know anybody that closely to understand exactly how they're going to react to you know a joke about the Holocaust or something like that. Yeah, like and you even, don't even know.
2: if you think you do like like those classes that hang out after class, which I love when they do and they they get this bond you haven't spent enough stage time together and that's a yeah. totally different part of their personality what they might be comfortable talking to in their living room or at at a at a dinner table could be completely different than how they want to conduct themselves on stage and you got to kind of learn that part of their personality as well before you can push them because i've 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 run into that and i think all of us have run into that thing in class where someone's being like a, a maybe a male being super sexual towards a female because they, they're trying to do like a you know like a, a, a gross character and and they had the and most of the time they do have the best intentions. Like, uh, I'm just playing sleazy, but the, the, you know, you have to, as a teacher, you have to take care of everybody in the room and like kind of shut that down. And they usually get defensive and like, Oh, well, you know, she trusts me. We're cool. We, you know, we've had, you know, we've had dinner together. like Yeah. And I think
1: that I think too, like, and that kind of like, I think is similar to um, James's question about like, um, how to handle that kind of thing or like what do you say to students in those situations? And I think, um, I think that there's a big line between, uh, what actually is dark humor and what's, like, inappropriate humor, you know? Like, yeah. sexual stuff isn't dark. Racist stuff isn't dark. It's it's a, it's a different thing. Like, dark stuff, I mean, I guess, like, if I were to, like, try to equate it, a lot of times it has to do with, like, somebody's died or dying or, like, diseases, like, those kind of things. Things that aren't funny topics that you're trying to find a way to add humor to. Um, uh, that's what dark humor is, you know? That's, that's like, uh... Um, gallows humor almost. Yeah, and in order to to do that appropriately, like it has to be smart, it has to be clever, uh it needs to have a purpose. Like you can't just like you know, you can't just like start shouting 911 and think that you're doing dark humor. Do right, you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> like it's it, there's like an art to it. There's like a technique to it. Um and I think that there's uh some people that it's easier for than others Um, I think a lot of it comes down to how you, uh, how the audience is perceiving you as a person. Um, uh, what, what's your likability with this audience? You know, uh, if an audience doesn't like you, I wouldn't recommend going dark because they're not going to be open to it. They're going to like turn on you more. Uh, if an audience is really Mm -hmm. like digging you that day, you're going to have an easier time with that kind of thing. Um, So it's like, uh, it's It's, all about getting them, it's all about getting them to be your friend and then, and then they'll forgive you for these kind of like trespasses in comedy, you know? But if, you know, if you don't like somebody, they could do the funniest thing in the world and you're not going to laugh at it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if you think of somebody you don't like personally, you probably don't find them funny uh, and you probably don't like when they're around. So it's like, um... That yeah, of, that's up. like a big piece yeah, of it no. yeah sure you know be somebody who's like show show yourself for being like a genuine kind uh, uh person who's smart and then they'll like accept those kind of things you know um i think i i actually recently not that long ago had a situation um in a class where a student was doing some kind of uh i felt racially insensitive jokes um i won't go into detail what they were but um my thought on that situation is like if, if, if you can somehow put yourself uh, in, in the perspective of that person, you know, or if you can imagine that your in, entire audience is that person, um, how would you feel in that situation or how do you think that they're going to react? Like don't say anything about uh, don't as a character who's a different culture than you say something that, that person wouldn't say right. about themselves. You know what I mean? Um, but also it's also always weird for me cause it's like tough to, um, it's tough for a person like me to discuss that topic. Cause I'm like clearly, uh, you know, a, a privileged white male person, you know? So it's like, um, my perspective is skewed in, in that at all. But as like somebody who doesn't want to, um, hurt other people, I think like if we all approach it, like we're not trying to hurt other people that could be a helpful thing, you know? Does that make sense? No,
2: I think you made a good part, like, when you talk about if it's coming from your heart. You, I, I, you know, if, if I know, like, you made another good, like, point, like, first of all, it comes from the heart, and second of all, like, it is tough for, you know, a white male, like, you know, to tell other people how to act, especially when it comes to items of race, Uh, but I guess, you know, we should point it out to other white males, like, Especially like, hey, you know, like be sensitive, be, you know, I I don't think it should be off the table to play other cultures if you respect the culture and have something interesting to say and treat them as human beings, which they are, and and tr- actually try to comment on what relates us to each other, not what what some weird stereotype that you might think is funny, you know? Yeah.
1: Um, cause, yeah, you but know, also... Yeah, I mean, we all, and it's weird because, like, every anyone who's an improv teacher has probably touched this subject a little bit because I feel like it happens more often than it should. Um, but I don't know. If you think about, uh, like, I don't necessarily, like, think that those people who are making those jokes or whatever um, are bad people, you know, or are racist oh. people, but I think that uh they just don't quite understand the difference um between saying something for a reaction or saying something as part of the art form of improv you know like if you yeah. think of when you're a kid like you know a 3 year old doesn't understand communication quite yet so they like say some weird stuff um i think it's like early improv students don't quite understand improv communication yet um
0: yeah you know? I think about it uh, <clears throat> more, more recently, um, I've started saying in classes that uh, y- you got to earn your way up to being edgier or breaking taboo, and uh, there's going to be no fly zones in classroom setting, not just to uh, protect each other or um, be respectful. It's not really about censorship. It's it's more like the idea that uh, when y- if you were to learn sword fighting, there's a reason that you start with wooden swords, is yeah. just to learn like to that. find the movement and the and the handling of it um, without risking really hurting anyone, and then yeah. eventually you get into sword play that is uh, with a sharp edge, and um, and then that's a little bit more like the. Uh, people who are, are performing and and uh, you know proceeding at their own risk for whatever your your sensibility and your voice is, but you've you've learned to handle the sword.
2: Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. I love that. I also love the concept of punching up. You know, make sure you're always punching up when you're when you're approaching that, and that's just like a great guideline when you start. You know, getting into that type of situation if that's something you want to uh, approach. You know, um, you mean uh, uh,
0: yeah. as in as in attacking high status or I, yeah. As a, yeah, yeah, as opposed Don't to kicking of anybody who's or... already got low status. Yeah, yeah,
1: or or yeah. gets enough of it.
2: You know, get, you know, you catch enough shit. You know, that's not you're just adding to it. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and also too like um, with the concept of like punching down like every joke isn't necessarily a punch you know what i mean like uh there's ways to like talk about certain topics there's ways to like portray certain topics without it having to even be a punch it can just be like a commentary or like a satire on the situation um or like i my thought my thought on like wh- how to be better at being funny has always just been allow yourself to look at everything that exists see why that thing is stupid and then be able to show it being stupid you know like um that might be like a dumbed down way of saying it but like that's how i look at it like if you see like a terrible bloody car crash on the way to your improv show uh and you're like affected by it like try to find like what is what is stupid about a car crash like my brain right now goes to like what was that person doing that caused the car crash and what can i like invent to like make us uh, think you know was that person like did they get a car crash because they were getting a no. blow job did they get a car crash because they were uh sneezing like yeah. what are the stupid reasons to get a car crash and then that's where the joke is you know it's not like it it, it doesn't have to be that there's like yeah. blood smeared up and down nine mile road like um you just have to like weave and find those other yeah. other places to well, play what I I think,
2: I, using that situations. example metaphorically i just think of it's so weird as a society that we trust each other so much that we get into these big beasts and and travel at 80 miles per hour and just trust the other guy is gonna do the right thing when we can do when I can't go to the store right now and not trust the guy to stand six feet away from me
1: right you know, like that's, you know that's that's <laughs> yeah. cr- like
2: to me that's funny like yeah. w- what if we always supply the trust we had in t- for other drivers in our regular day everyday lives you know like stuff like that you know just d- tweaking it yeah. Or applying that sensibility to other situations.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe let's talk about that too. Is is like uh, what is? Because we, you know, I think that the early point that you brought up, Doug, about like there's a difference between um, the racist or sexist, homophobic, kind of like um, uh, loaded language that um, comes up and has to be squashed when it happens um, and 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 it just inappropriate or dark humor that isn't everybody's uh, cup of tea like like uh, doing jokes about uh, death and disease and disaster um, mm-hmm. but uh, let's kind of talk about like the the risk reward of it I think um like maybe it was uh Ricky Gervais in a conversation with uh Sam Harris was talking about like if something is offensive or heavy um the funnier it has to be, you know, and I think really what what it is is that w- what that means to me is like the more meaning or uh the more that it has to like take power away from the thing that's being made fun of like like can you use humor to uh disarm some of these really heavy and offensive uh topics um and in order to do that the 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 heavier and more offensive they are the the, the more that you the more difficult it is to uh disarm them
1: yeah yeah i mean that's i think that that's a really good point it's kind of like if you can uh, like if we think about like death like death is like the heaviest craziest like uh, darkest thing we have in the world and like uh, if, if you can turn death into a joke, you take some of the darkness away. You know, you you, um, you make it less scary. Um, I always think about this thing. This is – so uh, there's like an episode of Golden Girls um, that I don't uh, – first of all, I love Golden Girls. It's yeah. a great show. Um, the best. If you haven't seen it, uh, if you haven't seen it, you can see it on any channel at any time. I feel like it's always. Um, but, <laughs> Quick um, plug for Golden Girls. <laughs> yeah, check out Golden Girls. It's really good. Uh, the women are hot, so just go for <laughs> it. Um, but uh, there's this one episode where something, something. I can't remember the exact details. Something heavy has happened. Somebody died, or somebody. Um, you know, something happened to somebody and Sophia is like making a joke about it, um, as she does. And one of the other golden girls kind of like freaks out on her, um, and, and asks her like how she can be so jokey about this, like heavy situation, this terrible situation. And she kind of like goes into this like, um, serious sitcom moment where she says, um, just kind of talks about how like everybody deals with something in their own way. Like when somebody dies, some people grieve, some people want to be alone. Some people want to, um, be around other people. Some people want to, you know, read books. Some people want to look at old pictures, but some people deal with things by making them into jokes. Uh, some people deal with those heavy things in life by laughing at them. Uh, and that's how, that's how like they take care of themselves um i think that's how i am i think that i think that is the way that my family is uh when i think about like family funerals and stuff there's always a lot of humor going on a lot of jokes a lot of laughing um and i think that's how we fight um those uh those really dark heavy feelings of like loss and sadness um is by turning them into humor and i think that um you know if if it's an improv show and you like bring up those topics like What you said, James, is what you're doing. You're like erasing, uh, you know, you're blunting the sword a little bit about what it is by making the joke. And maybe, you know, maybe somebody, maybe you make a joke about um, uh, somebody's grandfather passing away. And maybe somebody in the audience's grandfather did pass away, you know, that day or that week. You know, that's always the fear that you would do that. At least... At least you kind of, like, did your best to share with them your your tool to deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um,
2: so basically you're comforting. And that's one of the techniques yeah, you do then, like, when you comfort somebody. Like, oh, I, I don't know what your pain feels like. I've had something similar to it because I've had the
1: same past experience. You know? And let's yeah, just share this that. this is what I do to deal with it. Yeah, you know, and, and I'd say more often than not, it's not that heavy of a situation people yeah. when people are like watching improv shows. But uh James, you brought up the risk of it when you were talking about the rookie Gervais thing and like the risk is that you might offend somebody. You might uh say something that somebody doesn't want to hear. Um and you if you're gonna if you're gonna play in this way, if you're gonna like walk this path of dark humor, you have to be okay with that. Um Otherwise, what's the point? Why do it? You know what I mean. Like, yep. you have you have to be ready for the for the positives and the negatives that come from those kind of things. So, um, and, have, and I always ask. Do so. you have
2: anything like? I don't know. I, I'm not sure if this ever has come up to you where you accidentally offended anybody. But there's a, is there something you tell yourself? Like usually, I have. Or, or that person if they're
0: offended.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I would say, like, anytime I say any joke and people don't laugh at it or like it, I just um, tell myself that they didn't get it. It was, like, too smart for them. But, no. <laughs> good, 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 good. <laughs> the, good I think good, that's a good, good uh, that bullet, be, so. you know, uh, yeah, life Let's Get on the yeah. way home.
2: <laughs> I always yeah, imagine they I've get felt, in the car I, ride home, like, Oh, that was
1: yeah. The, yeah. That's how I do like my men. All right, cool. That's okay. funny. Yeah, like I've, I've never felt bad about something falling flat, and honestly, I strangely feel empowered by it because it makes me feel like I'm smarter than everyone. But, <laughs> okay. um, but there has been, you know, there has been times. There's, uh, there's one time uh, in recent memory where, um, I think it was in a name the show, which is like the long form kind of loose set that happens after all star showdowns. If anyone hasn't seen. Um, uh, those but like uh, I name, the show is always as, as kind of a darker set generally a little bit weirder a little bit looser um, and we were doing uh, it was a scene where we were like on the top of the cliff and at the bottom of the cliff there were a bunch of Nazis like having a picnic um, and uh, we were talking about killing those Nazis like we were like what can we throw off the cliff to kill those Nazis uh, which to me um, you know, of course we shouldn't kill other people, but to like make that joke against Nazis I think is fine because Nazis are very hateful, terrible people. Um, but uh somebody uh after the show pulled aside one of our ushers and yelled at the usher because uh what? she was offended that we were talking about Nazis. She wasn't a Nazi herself. She was uh, she was an older woman, uh, you know, seventy to eighty years old, and she was just offended that we were even said the word Nazis in this show. Um, and the the one thing to me that's the most funny is like, why are you yelling at the usher? He had nothing to do with it. Uh, like he took the brunt of like the yelling at from the woman. Oh wow! Um, but you just have to be prepared that some of that stuff is going to happen. Like from my life perspective, from where I come from, it seems like crazy that somebody would be offended by me making fun of Nazis. But yeah. the reality is there is somebody out there that will be hurt or will be offended by, by anything, um, especially edgy topics. So you just have to be Good. ready for that to happen. If somebody, you know, confronts you, I would say – I guess I haven't been in a situation where somebody's like confronted me and told me what I did was wrong. Um, but if somebody did, I feel like I would feel, um, the necessity to, to, apologize for offending them, you know, but like, I don't think I would apologize for what I said. I think like, um, I stand behind most of the jokes that I make because like, I don't think that I go into the areas that are truly hateful um you know but i don't know i I haven't been in that situation yet so i don't know exactly how i would feel like i I obviously don't want somebody i obviously don't want somebody leaving the theater not liking me or i don't want somebody going home and like crying all night or being depressed because of something i did like i don't want to hurt somebody in that way um but if it did happen you know it's it's a risk that i take it's a risk that a lot of us take um you know. Yeah, I think that that's
0: um, in, in itself a good response. Is is to just uh, a couple things. One, you got to check in with yourself to be like, okay, where's this coming from? Am, am I baiting? Yep. Mm. Am I? Is it is it becoming a crutch? Or it, did I do that for for shock? Was that maybe? Do I have to kind of recalibrate myself in in, in this moment moving forward? And learn sure. from from this um, is is one good thing to do. Um, and then also, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, to tell somebody what you just said, uh, Doug is is that like that's not what I want. I don't want anybody uh, feeling uh, hurt or or um, less happy walking away from this show. But right, yeah, yeah. Th- that's not my intention. But my uh, intention is to 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 bring humor to all things, including some of the hardest things to deal with, in hopes that it might make it easier to deal with um yeah and 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 offer that and just let them know that like this is really not my intention and and I'm sorry that 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 was the effect because I would never want that well
1: yeah, yeah and, and I, I guess and i also think oh um i also think james that what you said about the um like checking in with yourself afterwards is like an important thing like anytime anytime something happens in improv that's like one of those you know like those moments come up where we like feel dirty or wrong or weird or something even if it's just like the set was bad or the scene was bad like um or you said something that you you can't stand behind or whatever um you you know the best thing to remember is that none of us are at a point where we have nothing left to learn you know none of us nobody has all the answers like you, I, I would even say like the top improvisers like the people who have been doing it forever like they still have moments that they can learn they still have things that they might say or hear and feel a certain way and it's like it's very important to afterwards kind of just check in with yourself and be like this is how I feel about that why do I feel that way should I avoid doing that stuff in the future um yeah. should i is there anybody that needs to be apologized to or to be talked to to make sure that we're like that we're okay and that like that we didn't hurt them and um, I think that that kind of thing is important for growth, you know. And I think it'll, it, it, it at the at the very, um, you know, shallowest way to look at it, will make us better improvisers, you know. For it, at a more deep way, I think it'll make us better people for it, you know. Um, yep. There's a lot that we can learn about ourselves as people based on how we improvise, because, like I said earlier, everything you say is coming from you somewhere. You know, even if you're playing a different character, anytime you're playing a character, you're in a way kind of saying, this is what I would say if I were this person with this situation. You know, so you are still kind of speaking from yourself at the the same time. Uh, No matter how deep you are into a character, you're still saying, this is what I would say if I were, you know, a 12 year old girl who's playing a badminton at a beach. You know what I mean? um and so you are kind of like reflecting from yourself still so like when things come out that are like too edgy or too weird it is important like you said james to uh check in on those things or like talk to somebody about it that you trust um i have some uh uh some improv friends uh that uh you know including you guys that i like trust enough to like talk about anything and figure out was i right or was i wrong um And I think everybody's got those people, so uh, it's important to, like, lean on those
0: people, you know, for
2: help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I completely agree with everything you just said. I mean, the best you can do when you're up there, you know, uh, part of the fun of being an improviser is you don't know what's going to happen. You can never have complete control. And if you do have complete control, then you're probably resting on your laurels. But it's that thing, like, you have to make sure that, you know, you're... Your heart's in the right place, and you're you're playing to the the height of your intelligence, and you're trying to entertain. And as long as you're doing those three things, you know, yeah, you, you there might be things you have to learn along the way, a different phrasing, different words, you know, make sure and and just checking in with yourself, make sure that what you intended the, the what you intended to communicate was communicated correctly. Because yeah. I think that, like, because if the, everything everything else is in line, that's like the fourth thing you have to work on, like making sure that you have a clear communication to the audience and to your your, you know, the yeah. other people in the in your troop, you know,
0: to make sure that uh, that you're just you know playing smart. Yeah, live live yeah. performance and collaboration are both by necessity about communication and and effective communication. So if you wanna connect with an audience, um, learning how to better communicate and, and check in with how effectively how good of a job you're doing is important. And yeah, uh, uh, that goes for the people you're on stage with too, even even as you are performing with people that you're really uh, close and tight with. Um, like, like you said, Doug, just to kind of take advantage of those of the fact that you're close and, and check in and talk about it so that you can communicate better amongst yourselves and to the audience.
2: I mean, you should always yeah. check in with your audience because sometimes they want you to play darker. You know, like we've we've gone into (laughs) those like showdowns like, oh, man, look at all these nuns. We better not swear. And then someone lets out a swear and it gets the biggest reaction. Oh, I guess these nuns want more fuck
1: jokes. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I honestly I would say that um, that I I push um, boundaries doing improv as much as I can. Um, and I don't think, and I don't necessarily always do it like purposely. It's just kind of like that's where my brain goes, and I don't like to like stop my brain. You know, I don't like to like stutter, so I just kind of like spit out what is what's coming out. Um, so, of all the shows I've done, I would say um, a lot of times I've gone pretty dark or, or or done some pretty edgy jokes or whatever. And my experience has been um, way, way more positive than negative response sure. for me. Um, I don't know if that. Uh, reflects for everybody um, or not, but I feel like um, I, I think that that comedy audiences do want to be challenged a little bit, you know, I think, um, I, I think that people want to I, I, I think people want that, I think the envelope wants to be pushed, uh, I think that the best um, art is challenging, like even if it's like, look at any art form, you know, look at like plays or movies or music or you know, painting or anything like the best stuff is always like pushing some kind of question or, or pushing some kind of boundary. And, um, and so that's why I like it. And I think that it's important because I, I view improv as a performance art improv is a performance art, you know? So, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I want to put forward. You know, that's the kind of stuff I want to put forward. But I think like the, the most important thing is to not let anything be, you know consciousless Con- like keep keep your conscious going yeah. like uh don't uh don't let your stuff be mean for the sake of mean don't don't you know let your anger out through jokes um you know keep it controlled don't yeah. um don't go out there to hurt anybody because <sighs> you know as i i think that audiences can read our intentions oh, yeah. you know what i mean i think that as humans it's part of our like um, communication that's wired in that we can read our intentions. We have instincts about other people. We can tell when somebody's lying to us, um, and an audience can tell when you're improvising. Are you are you being mean or are you being clever? Like right. they can tell what your intentions are. So keep your intentions clean. Um, if if you're trying to offend somebody. They can feel that you're trying to offend somebody, and that's like an aggressive move. You
0: know? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's not, not what like
2: you it. say; it's how you say it sometimes. And, yeah. and just yeah. just to piggyback on everything you said, Doug. Yeah, I think you're a very successful improviser. You're one of my favorite to watch. And I always, I always thought of you this way when we played together. It feels like I have. It feels like playing with with a younger brother because it is fun. We we are playing a game together, but there is some you know. You are going to antagonize, but always comes from a good place. You know, I know if I screw up a word, there's going to be a lot. Oh, my God, you're going to jump all over it. And that's part of the fun. Like it keeps me on my toes. It's 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 and and part of the charm, too, is like your delivery is so unique. Like sometimes it can be really dry, but but it's uh, you you intend to do that and it's it's unique to you and that's what makes you fun as well so i think with thanks, all man. these things like your sensibilities plus like your delivery and just like the fun you know it's it's always a great time
1: thanks man yeah i think and i think too like i yeah there is like i think i do tease people a lot on stage on stage yeah. um and 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 if i were to like break it down i think it really comes from uh how my family is like I, I come from a family of five siblings um and i and that's just like how we are with each other like we uh you know rib each other a lot and tease each other and um that's just kind of like how how i was raised so i think that to me that's like that's a way of like showing love you know what i mean like yeah 100%. i i i only mess with people i love like if i don't like somebody i don't talk to them you know yeah <laughs> um but, a punch in the
2: arm's uh, a horrible greeting, but not when it's coming from your bro. You yeah. know,
1: like it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But that's... And, and, yeah, and so there's, think... there's other audience members that, that are that way, too. It's it's like there's at least four other mm-hmm. people in the world uh, amongst your siblings that that, are, that were raised that way, too. And there's other families yeah, yeah. that have the same communication style. So, again, assuming the the, the genuineness and the empathy behind it, um, uh, you're not alone in have, having those... Darker sensibilities, and uh, it's somewhere in everybody to a different degree. Um, and so, yeah, you, you have to trust a little bit too that that like you're voicing something that that goes on for other people that uh, they're going to relate to in you. Um, and whether or not it's a smaller number of people than than more mainstream sensibilities, whatever yeah. you're reaching, you're reaching a pocket of people.
2: Well, I think that's why like like a show like Roseanne was so popular. 'cause they the because the way the family jokes around is very you know relatable to people like us, and they're always yeah. punching up because the characters themselves are are poor, so it's this thing it's like a commentary within a commentary
0: yeah
1: yeah and and honestly uh Roseanne's one of my favorite shows um and all of my favorite shows are that like like I brought up golden Girls Roseanne the office like. Uh, all of all my the favorite shows ones. are people. <laughs> yeah, all the sexy ones. It's all um, it's, it's all people messing with each other. You know, that's the the funniest yeah. jokes are people messing with each other. I think the best bit on Parks and Rec. Um, I love Parks and Rec, and I think the best bit is how mean everybody is to Jerry all the oh, time. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and what makes it so good is that Jerry is never hurt by it. He just kind of like laughs and like moves on. You know, he's never like affected. Um. And you also find out at the end of the day he has a hot wife. He's got rich.
2: Re- he's, yeah. he's the only one that yeah, has yeah, like yeah. a super cool home life. And, and then all he's of a sudden, a it's secure. punching up
1: again, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He's like rich. He has a big what house. What a great he's reveal! Like very yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I always joke. Uh, if anybody knows um, Nicole Pasqueretta, I always joke that um, Jerry's family is like the Pasqueretta family. <laughs> Like uh, if you know oh, them I expect awesome. them like I expect them like sitting around breakfast and like singing uh the singing like the little songs around breakfast and stuff like yeah. uh you know. <laughs> um, uh, that's but, yeah. amazing. Well yeah, but, yeah, uh, I think that, that stuff go ahead. I think that, that kind of stuff, like that kind of like messing with each other humor is uh really funny and it like speaks to me and I, and it's honestly just because like that's the environment i come from not just my family but like my friends are that way um I-, I feel like that's how like the improv community is there's a lot of like ribbing and teasing and messing with each other but that's like that's a big way to show love that's a way to show that you uh, know each other you you know what these people are about and like you know you trust them enough that you can say these things uh and 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 there's an automatic forgiveness in it you know that was some of like um, the most beautiful moments in like middle ditch and schwartz like name another
2: name another team that's not in hockey. And he's just like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, like, those kind of, <laughs> yeah. like, those brief, like, and yeah. it's a story within a story. Like, you can tell by the way he reacts that the other guy knows that he doesn't know anything uh, or any other sports other than hockey sports, which he was, hockey sports, hockey teams.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hockey yeah, sports. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that that's, like, the stuff that is – you know that's what like makes us want to be around each other. is like those kind of moments yeah. of like closeness. Um, but I, you know, I, this is kind of like a, a strange metaphor. But I just like uh, read this article the other day that said that because uh, the way that uh, genes, um, like genetics, can sync up is not infinite. Um, like, there's only so many ways that like genetics can sync up. There's likely to be seven people. On the planet that look exactly like everybody so like each of us likely has six identical twins on the planet somewhere um and uh i think that that's uh when it comes to like being raised with teasing or like you know living life a certain way i think there's even fewer combinations i think for every uh a- a- every person that's like you know damaged because their dad left their family when they were a kid there's thousands of other people whose dads left yeah. their family when they were kids and if you pull that up in an improv set and like you know make a joke about that personal experience that's kind of like an edgy topic Some the likelihood that somebody in the audience is going to be like I get it like I get it and yeah. like this is this is a good way for me to deal with this this thing um, yeah. and I think that's like that's the positive that can come from you know dark moments and sets um is is that kind of like that kind of feeling of like you're not alone because i've had this same bad feeling you know it's why people post it's why people post on facebook when they're not happy about something and they post some like negative like post that's like oh this this sucks or this sucks because all that they want is for other people to click like and the more people that click like the less alone they are and the less bad it feels you know that's that's why people reach out in that way, Um yeah. And, and uh, yeah. I mean, if you think about almost yeah.
2: like every biopic we ever seen of a great comedian or performers, it always starts off with like a horrible like tragedy or background that uh, that that forced them to use comedy as a comforting tool. tool. So yeah. almost like to to go back to what James saying, like the the Ricky Gervais quote: if you're going to talk about this dark humor, you almost have to make it funny enough where it's comforting for the, for everybody in the room.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will say like, uh, for me personally, um, for me personally, like my life has been pretty privileged and lucky. Like I don't come from a rich family. I don't come from, uh, you know, like a super well off background. I've, you know, my family's had uh, problems and, and money problems and things, but like, I come from a family that is strong as a family that like stays together. You know, I have a lot of siblings. Mm. I have a lot of aunts, uncles, cousins, um, and, and people love each other and forgive each other. And, uh, you know, I'm lucky to come from a, a, a very stable environment. Um, I always think that, um, my parents are two people that wanted to be parents, uh, especially by the time they got to me, I was the third kid. Um, I had parents that wanted to be parents, and not everybody else is lucky enough to have that. Um, so right. I've I come from a life that's uh, you know sheltered enough, suburban. I've never gone hungry. I've never not had a, a roof over my head, um, and I'm very lucky in that way. And so I think that the things to me that that have been struggles in the past are sadness over things that like you don't fully understand, especially if you're a kid, like a grandparent dying or the fear of a global pandemic or, uh, you know, a major terrorist attack or this horrible experience where, like, six million people are murdered by a, a country. Like, um, those things to me hit me hard, and those are the things that are, like, struggles to me because it's hard for me to understand how the world can be that way. Um, it's it's hard for me to understand um, that people can be so evil to do these things, you know, because realistically— we could live in a great, perfect world if everybody would just let that be what it is. And uh, they don't, you know, there's terrible people, there's selfish people, there's greedy people, and they're all hurting each other. Um, And I think for me, uh, that's something that I need to deal with, and the way I deal with it is I turn it into a joke, I make it a joke, and I call those people stupid for everyone to hear, and I want as many people to hear me say, that I think that this person is is fucking stupid, uh, and is wasting their time, uh, and that's how I, you know, that's how I fight that thing. And I think maybe yeah. if I were like analyzing myself, which I guess I am, that's like kind of where my desire to like perform in this way kind of might come from, uh, is is finding a way to deal with like the sadness of the terrible things that exist um, in the world. Yeah. And like James said, like James said earlier with the Ricky Gervais thing is like, I just want to take power away from those people. Yeah. Um, you know, I want, you know, my dream would be to say, uh, something about some terrible person and them see it and then adjust the way they are because they realize how stupid they're being. They realize like how evil they're being. And then they like mm-hmm. can wake up and be like, Oh, you know, this is I see the light you know because this person Made fun of me like the likelihood of that Who knows what it is but um, well, You you think about how many times uh,
2: Hitler has been used in comedy Like you know Charlie Chaplin (laughs) You know Jojo Rabbit and stuff like that Uh, The man hurt so many people He he hurt society he hurt Globally he hurt people So to knock that guy down It's very
1: comforting yeah. Yeah, and if it, if Hitler was alive today, he'd feel pretty stupid, you know. He, I think he's like <laughs> I, I the hope most made really fun person it. of all time. Just a movie he, like,
0: marathon what? of all the uh, <laughs> cinema that's shitting on Hitler.
1: That. Yeah, he just has to watch it, in his prison cell every day. But yeah. it's like here is a person that here is a person that did all these terrible, awful things because all he want all he hungered for was this power, and like he wanted to be the most powerful person. And Hitler now. Uh, you know, there's like the subsex of people that are like crazy, and they still kind of like follow whatever. But now Hitler is a joke, honestly. Like, um, uh, like you said, like uh, Jojo Rabbit, which is like an incredible movie. Like, the joke is Hitler, and it's d- even though it's dealing with this topic of this terrible situation that the Nazis made, th- Hitler is still the joke because Hitler is just this stupid you know, dumb guy. I mean, there's uh if you've seen the show Preacher, they make fun of Hitler and Preacher. If he was alive today, I bet he'd be pretty embarrassed, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad that you said uh, that, Doug, uh, the, the, uh, the whole idea about um, giving things contemplation that you don't understand, because obviously uh, dark humor, not, not everybody who's making jokes about, Every single situation or topic is coming from, from it um, from a place of personal experience. Um, and uh, that doesn't have to be true in order for comedy to be a, a healing tool or a disarming tool. Um, but I think that the fact that you give these things uh, great consideration um, and that they bother you from a place of empathy, Um, and that that's something that, that fuels your sensibilities and voice, um, is a really, it's an important, um, uh, uh, it's an important thing to point out as in the conversation alongside, of course, things from personal experience, but also it's very possible to just give, um, deep thought about things and, um, explore them and try to understand them and it kind of comes back to the beginning of the conversation where your uh true character is is um someone who wouldn't hurt a fly and is very uh, giving generous and empathetic um but uh you, it's it's that it's that contemplation and that exploration that that can drive you insane if you don't have an outlet for it um because there's shitty things in the world and yeah that that and that's it and we and we got it's got to it's got a, it's got a We got to find a way to to heal with it somehow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, totally. Yeah. I I don't know. I I think, too, it's like there's also this desire to um, also make other people think about these things. Yeah. You know, like you bring them up and you make other people think about it um, because there's there's also a danger in forgetting. Like, it's, I feel like it's the most cliche thing about, you know, if you don't learn history, you're doomed to repeat it or whatever. and I think that, but honestly, like, it's it's true. Like, if you if you just want to if, if you just bring up like, uh, you know, the Holocaust, six six million uh, people were killed. Plus, actually, more than six million, but like, um, uh, six million Jewish people were killed in the Holocaust, and it it's kind of easy sometimes to like sit from like. Okay, I'm this like uh, this guy in his thirties that lives in America, um, in in you know 2020. Uh, it's to me that's a number. Like uh, here's a number of people that died. But if you remember that, like each one of those people was you. You know, everything that you make your life, your entire universe is only one. You know, that's six million of them, and like they and they all are like. Um, they're all ended uh, for a reason of like selfishness, greed, whatever, um, that, to me, like, thinking about it in that way, like, uh, you know, that six million families, that six million dreams, that six million life goals, that six million whatever that didn't get to be realized, it, it's a lot more serious than we, like, allow it to be anymore. Um, But if if you get down this path where you talk about it like how we're talking about it right now, it starts to get very sad. It gets like it's important to be said, but like it really can weigh on somebody, you know, especially in a time right now. Like, um, I don't know when people will watch this, but right now we're in the middle of this global pandemic um, where like there's so many different sides and all these people have different opinions. And some people are going like, oh, well, this pandemic's not so bad. It only kills, uh, you know it only kills two percent or one percent or whatever the actual percentage is and they put that like it's an actual thing that matters when the reality is people aren't a percent like if it if this pandemic killed only one person that's too many people because one person is an entire universe you know so if we have something that's like oh there's been four thousand people killed in michigan that is something to take seriously and it's a disaster you know it's not um it's not this small percentage. Yeah, there's X amount more people that aren't dead from it, but you know, four thousand universes that are snuffed out that don't have to be—that's a big, heavy thing, you know. Um, and I think uh, I think that places like this is where my brain tends to go when I'm thinking about these things. So if I can, like, uh, you know, find a joke in there, if I can find a way to lighten it up. And if I can share that with other people I feel yeah. like I'm doing a service uh, And I'm entertaining myself uh, And it kind of like You know it, it. I don't know It's it's like that's the dragon that I chase You know is that feeling of yeah. like Finding ways to deal with these topics where, where we don't give them so much weight But we still deal with them And still um, Find ways to Get through stuff together Because like Cause like I said, uh, we could live in, uh, a perfect world if people would let it be that. And so many people won't let it be that. And so that's why we have all these struggles and fights all the time. Um, but
0: you know, yeah. And, uh, I, I think Miles Stroth, um, when people ask him like why he does improv, he, uh, says to to heal the world through comedy or something to that effect and um yeah i think that uh um comedy and specifically improv does have a healing power and the more exposure to uh uh uh, comedy versus tragedy that we can that we can give people um commenting on the same things there's comedy and there's tragedy and they're both about the world uh and the same things in the world so um yeah. I think, that I think it's, I think it's a, a good endeavor. It's a risky one. And, um, yeah. yeah, I feel like, I feel like we, we really did a nice job of, of, of covering some of the, uh, difficulties around it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's honestly, it's honestly like a, a, a hard topic to talk about. And it's like, it's a, it's a hard topic to teach. And it is something I get asked a lot. Um, I did, I taught a workshop one time that was just about dark humor and dark comedy and like, um, it really is a, it it really is a puzzle of finding the right way to talk about it because you don't want to like arm somebody who, who doesn't understand how to use it properly. You know, like I feel like a, a big, a big part of being an improv teacher, like, yeah, we're teaching the rules of improv, we're giving advice, we're, um, you know, saying whatever, but um, a, a, a big part of it is that we're kind of like arming people with the confidence they need because confidence yeah. is the number one thing you need for improv. It's honestly the mo- the only thing you're, you need. To just go out there and be confident, and your stuff flies. Um, and uh, that's what we're giving people. So if you give people confidence to do the wrong thing or give the wrong type of person that confidence, that could be, you know, it, you, yeah. it could be cause for, like, a disaster
2: or a mistake you gave Well, you gave him a gun, but you didn't tell him where to shoot it or, or, or yeah. teach him the proper way to load it or take care of this gun. Uh, yeah, so now like, this, you like, just got a random guy out there. Yeah, and, it's kind and, of I, like you have to, like, sorry, it's like you have to no, give somebody no, no, a gun
1: no, and tell no. them not to shoot <laughs> no, people, you know? No, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, yeah. we, please, you're our guest. Please continue. Oh, um, no, but I was just saying, like, it's like, if you give somebody a gun, you have to also teach them not to shoot somebody. Yes, know? yes, yes. Like, otherwise, it's like, uh, you know, disaster. Being but. irresponsible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention, like, I, I, I've i been approached with this topic, too, because I do like to play. I, I do like to play dark sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what I usually talk about, like, this kind of humor has been been educational in some ways, you know? Like if you, if you look back at like nursery tales and stuff like that, it like it's, it's a humorous way to, but to teach a lesson uh, of what not, uh, how not to act. And if we're punching mm-hmm. up, we're trying to teach that person how not to act. So if you can do it in a yeah. way where the person can agree and they, they see your point, but also you're doing it in a humorous way where the medicine isn't so you know hard, that's awesome. I mean, like, yeah. back with the 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 old Grimm tales. Like, they were so dark. Like, <laughs> you're teaching a tale, but it was so it was doing more harm than good sometimes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they had to lighten them up, you know, until we have like the Mother Goose version of the fairy tales. Um, yeah. so, so you yeah. you got to kind of find that balance of tone, uh, but always have the the intent of to entertain. And if you're doing satire, then then to educate, you know if you're going to hold up that mirror, you better know why you're holding it.
1: Yeah. And also too, like, uh, there's kind of like the commitment to the reputation as well. You know, like, uh, we all, everybody starts to build a reputation as an improviser of like, what's your style? What do you do? Blah, blah, blah. And if you're somebody who's like built up this reputation of never going dark and then you try it, like, I think people can feel the inauthenticity about that. Um, you know, so uh, so yeah just uh, I mean I could sit here and like list people that I, that are known for like going dark and they all do it really well and I, I think the fact that they're known for going dark gives them more of a license to do it than somebody who's not known for it because it's what you expect you know um, yeah, right. and so there is that there's like that um, kind of part of it too and that's why it's also complicated to just like teach to a student and tell them to go out and do because they haven't earned that reputation or they haven't, uh, like James said earlier, they haven't like earned the right to really do that yet. Um,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, but yeah,
0: well, yeah. I think that's a good place to leave it because, because we do, we did talk up, um, the, the, the power and the, and the positive side of it a lot. And it's important to remember that early on, um, you can't, uh, you can't skip steps, uh, to earning your way up there. It's, it's a, yeah. a, da- a dangerous tool and a really effective one. Um, so you got to be careful
1: with it. Yeah, use your wooden swords. Yeah, yes. Uh, all right, Doug. And always wear a black shirt. Always wear a black shirt. <laughs> that is. And dark watch comedy. the Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah. That's wear a black steps. shirt and be funny and and <laughs> act like Sophia Petrillo, and you've got it. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, thanks so much for um, talking about this, Doug. This is a really yeah. fascinating topic, and uh, I know that yeah. a lot of people are going to gain a lot from um, thinking about it in the ways that we talked about. So. Um, well, thanks for sharing your perspective on it. It was really, I, I know I learned a lot from just talking to you about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, this was great. Doug. Me, Thank yes. you, buddy. Yeah. Anytime that you want me to come just talk about myself for a long time, <laughs> I will do it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I am my favorite topic. <laughs> Doug on Doug.
0: <laughs> um, it's been great, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you're doing well. Yeah, and okay. uh, we'll hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks.
1: Yeah. And everyone come see me doing improv when we are allowed to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, until then. We'll catch you next time on Improv FAQ at length.
2: Bye. Bye.